Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the Commentarians. Is this Prairie Home Companion? Husband Bulge is now a part of my permanent vocabulary. <laughs> I saw a squirrel. I am going to point out real quick, this to me is like the most disturbing scene in the entire movie. Stop listening right now and go watch Firefly. Hey, this is my podcast. I'm sorry, sorry, Joe. <laughs> we are saying that not only have we been wounded, we survive, and there's a God who heals of these wounds. Jesus isn't about the isms. Uh, he's about his kingdom. Because it is kind of like this idea that Jesus died for all of our sins, except when you had sex. And Jesus doesn't cover that. Hi, this is Emily Dixon. Welcome to this month's Coming Attractions, and I'm here with Joe Zaragoza. Hey, Joe. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> it is crazy, but it always is over here. Yeah, right? So, <laughs> well, I and guess... You just... Oh, I'm sorry so about you that. You decided to add to the craziness with this wild movie choice for this month. I know. And I should say, uh, Happy New Year's to everyone. This is uh, going up uh, January 1st. And what a way to start out the New Year's. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I did, yeah. Um, yeah, this movie that I did, I had like a little preamble I wanted to do, like a little chit-chat beforehand, but... I think that that um, it, it would be too much of a swing back and forth from oh. like a bit of a comedy, a little laughy story, and then going into some real serious dark stuff. So I think maybe yeah. we just just get into the movie this month. I'll rely on your better judgment. <laughs> yeah. So this month uh, I'm doing uh, Hot Girls Wanted, a movie that's on Netflix. And it is about the uh, basically the new porn industry. And Joe, what have you gotten us into? I know. First of all, you tried to, to sink us by doing uh, The Exorcist. And then here I come <laughs> talking about pornography. And uh, I don't know what kind of a Christian podcast we're deciding to do. but uh, <laughs> We're discussing important topics. And yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. And, and that's one of the things I love about the movies. And I've said this before. These are great launch points into conversations we need to be having as believers. Right. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about the movie. Um, the movie is written, I guess you could call it written, because it's a documentary by Brittany Huckabee and directed by Jill Bauer. Uh, and it is basically, it, it is essentially a documentary following six women in a house in Florida. Uh Basically, uh, documenting these girls' sort of time in porn for about six months because that's about all they last, uh, and which is kind of made that that's yeah. sort of the how this is the new porn industry is sort of uh, working now. Uh, whereas before we had these major studios, I live in Los Angeles. I used to live in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. uh, and that is where the porn industry lived uh, as far as the right. San Fernando ba Valley. Almost all major porn uh, films came out of the San Fernando Valley. Um, mm -hmm. And since California passed a law saying that, uh, you know, the porn industry had to abide by new rules, including wearing condoms and, um, and uh, you know, having a, a, a medic on site, uh, it kind of pushed porn out of California because... Interestingly enough, men who watch porn don't like seeing condoms. Right. 
I yes. Should... It... Go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to say, back when I first started researching pornography, uh, because I was married to a porn addict once upon a time, mm-hmm. uh, at that point in time, it was like 20 years ago, the average um, career span of a porn star was 18 months. Mm. So this is accelerating. I did not know this new six-month uh, yeah. time span. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and I should say, before we even get into it, uh, the f- conversation will be frank. It will be a little, it gets a little more frank in the movie when we talk about it. So uh, just a little warning to any listener, this is going to be a bit of an adult discussion. Yes. So, uh, But one that you need to prepare yourself as an adult to have with your kids. Because kids are being exposed to porn at younger and younger age. I think right now the average age of first exposure is 11 years old. Mm -hmm. And so this is becoming a part of our culture and it's Mm -hmm. becoming acceptable. So Christian parents need to be having these discussions with their kids. And so I... Yes, I'm passionate about this. Sorry, Joe, if I keep no, cutting you off, because no, this is please. like a huge issue. <laughs> the, but this is the thing, is that, whereas, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit, because before, there were these major porn industries, that, and now, in California, and the seedier, darker versions of it existed in California as well, but that was more like underground. It wasn't mm-hmm. really as prominent, even though pornography was very, you know, very graphic as you would imagine but the days of like jenna jameson and you know sasha gray the major porn actress stars is gone now that doesn't exist anymore really because now they're being replaced by what the movie calls pro-am i think they're called yes they're basically pro amateurs yes pro yeah exactly where these women that you don't really know are basically paid and they only and they're not supposed to last very long because the new industry is more, the new viewer is now interested in a younger, unknown actress kind of thing. We, we essentially follow these new women who are just, it's called Hot Girls Wanted because the guy who, the talent agent, I guess he would be, he puts on Craigslist Hot Girls Wanted. And he essentially offers these women a trip to Florida for a job and you get to make hundreds of dollars i think on average of 800 dollars per scene and they shoot up to five scenes a week so that's a lot of money yeah especially when you're looking at 18 19 year old girls who are trying to get a start in the world right and so the problem with this is that now these women don't know what they're getting themselves into and the scenes that they're shooting are getting much more graphic, mm-hmm. much more abusive, much more humiliating. And yes. the more they do it, the longer they do it, the less their profitability, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ranks. And so then they have to do more extreme, more rougher, more violent. Yes. And that that's the nature of the beast. And we've known that with in psychology for a very long time. It's like any other drug or any other addictive substance. Once you reach your threshold and it's no longer doing it for you, will you up the dose? And with pornography, how do you up the dose? By fetish uh, scenes, by, like you said, more extreme, more graphic, more violent. And matter of fact, in 2010, the Journal of Violence Against Women they de- documented 88.2% of all porn shows aggression against women. That's yeah. 2010. Yeah. That's old news. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing, because before 
it was harder to watch porn. You know, you had to watch VHS tapes or DVDs and you had to go to a store to buy them or, you know, even start ordering them online in more recent years. Now, and like you mentioned, first exposure is 11, a, is 11 uh, years of age. That is because mm-hmm. every single one of us, almost all people have the entirety of the porn library in our pockets. Yes. It is so easily accessible that anyone can get to it. And not just regular porn, I mean graphic stuff. And when I say <laughs> graphic stuff as like the CD underworld, that is now the mainstream of porn. That is now yes. typical. At so, Pornhub, their own analytics for Pornhub is saying that, that vanilla sex, heterosexual couple sex, is becoming their least searched option on their website. Right. And... A Google search for bestiality will result in 27 point something million hits. Mm. And so, I mean, it, it, like you were saying, and I'm, I'm not trying to just gross people out with that statistic or even bringing up that term. This is what's out there. Right. And, and you've got access to it. Your yeah. kid has access to it. So and grandpa the, has access to it. Right. <laughs> and the, the, the reason I wanted to do this movie specifically is because this isn't saying that like you know, and when the movie came out it got a lot of criticism from people in the porn industry and like kind of pro def- uh, porn defenders because they're saying mm-hmm. that this is you know it's just showing you the bad side of porn and the thing of it is is that the bad side of porn is now the main the most profitable the one that yes. most people are watching when we talk about like let's say drug when in the christian world when we talk about drugs, when we talk about alcohol, when we talk about guns, when we talk about any of these kinds of more um, cons- uh, uh, controversial issues, mm-hmm. the bad parts of it are the minority, right? We say that, right. oh, like, oh the, but we argue that the minority, the small portion of it, is big enough that it becomes a problem. When yes. we talk about porn, the problem is the majority. And the good nature of it, the feminist porn, the healthy porn, the sex positive porn, that's not profitable. Right. Which is what the point you are making is that mm-hmm. the violent, the graph, the, 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 the humiliating, the, it, it, this is, and this is the main part of it. This is the most popular and. And it's not just that I wanted, I didn't want to do the movie because we wanted to convince Christians that porn is bad because, because it's a sin. I wanted to make the point that the industry itself is abusing the women it is attracting. Yes. And it's not just, like you said, it's not just professionals anymore. It is the girl next door. Mm -hmm. It is the girl in the youth group at church who thinks that she's doing this and nobody's going to know. Right. And that's that's the thing it's not just girls going to florida because during the whole time of 2020 with all the covid lockdowns where a lot of uh sex workers were unable to go in and perform at their clubs and do whatever uh sites like OnlyFans have seen a massive increase in porn by amateurs that pro-am porn that you were talking about right and it's been insane and these girls are making upwards of two to three thousand dollars a week and you, you know, you tell a kid, a, a teenager who wants to buy a car or somebody who wants to pay for college, all you've got to do is set up a camera in your bedroom mm-hmm. and make this kind of money. 
this is attractive. So even since this movie came out, there's been a huge shift in the in the porn industry. But this is where it starts. Right. Is, so, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so it, yeah. Disturbing. Yeah. And so I wanted to talk about this because when we talk about sin and we talk about, like, you know, pornography and we talk about lusting after women, we almost talk about it in the church as if, you know, oh, don't watch porn because it makes the baby Jesus cry. It is a sin. It is bad. <laughs> but the reality is, the the main point that I want to make is that the reason God makes these rules, for lack of a better word, the commandments, <laughs> isn't because he just wants to make it difficult for us to live. He doesn't just take right. a, something that we like and say, don't do it, you know, to see how much you love me. If you love me enough, you'll resist to this thing that's perfectly okay. The reason he makes these commandments is because they are toxic to us. They are mm -hmm. bad. And I'm, I'm, I'm unfortunately because of the, the, the podcast that I used to have drinking at Bible study that I don't do anymore. I, it, we had this, it, it was my attempt to talk to the progressive Christians, Christians who mm -hmm. left the evangelical church and who wanted to be a more liberal, more open-minded kind of Christian that said, oh, the Bible isn't really written by God. It was written by man, for, and it only applied for the time. And right. really, you can do anything you want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. That's the, the mantra. That's the mantra, <laughs> right. And the problem with that thinking is that we really don't know what does hurt us. Because we are only looking at what affects us at the moment. Right. And, so, and they're just now getting to the point where they're doing real studies about the effects of porn. Right. And recognizing that it does have very specific consequences. I mean, everything from the normalization and the perpetuation of rape culture, because mm -hmm. that's what the tendency is. But then also... 56% uh, of marriages now are citing obsessive interest in porn as a reason for divorce. Yeah. And over 70% of women who've been married to sex addicts, and I was one of these women, can be diagnosed with PTSD, which I am. So there are real consequences. So, okay, sorry. I'm, no, <laughs> no. This is but, a big issue to me. <laughs> but this is what's important about it is that Especially, and we talk about this in when we did the episode because we already recorded it, uh, and we'll we'll bring you the warnings in a bit. So I just wanted to make the reason why we're talking about this. We're not prudes here. We're not like the Christians who are <laughs> clutching our pearls who say, "Oh, there's so much horrible things in movies. Oh, R-rated movies are terrible." You know us if you've been listening to this. <laughs> right. We like we enjoy. The, the, you know, the horror movies. We like the violence, not because we like the violence, but because we enjoy, you know, we like art. And mm -hmm. we sometimes think that sometimes exposing ourselves to the grittier side of life will talk about the grittier side of life. The, the movies, well, and it shows. Yeah, go ahead. It shows us how our faith can overcome these things and have a real impact in the world we live in. And it's not just some kind of cloud in the sky kind of faith. It's a faith that exists in a real and gritty world. Right, exactly. It's not like I like violence because haha, it's fun. It's because it has a negative effect and it shows the consequences. <laughs> and in order for us to deal with real life, then sometimes we need to, to face those real life effects, those real life, you know, consequences. Yes. And so uh, we're not these prudish, you know, you know, think of the children kind of people. 
we understand the grittier side of life. And the reason this offends us is because this really has a negative effect on all people. When we talk about the uh, purity culture and how it negative, negatively affects women, where it makes women ashamed mm -hmm. to be sexual once they get married, that has a mul that that multiplies the effect because young men who watch porn, that's their sex education. That's the yes. kind of sex they think sex is really like. That's the kind of thing yes. they expect women to do. So now we have women who are ashamed of their bodies, who are ashamed of their sexuality, who are going to tiptoe into sex, go essentially marrying men who expect a porn star and a graph yes. and a very violent kind of humiliating kind of porn because these porn films make men think that this is what women want and this is and, what and women are like. And I want to say this is not a man's opinion. And this is not just Joe saying this because he read a report. I, I can actually come at this from the perspe perspective of I lived it. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what happens. And women, as particularly Christian women, who've been taught that submission to their husband is the ultimate expression of being a Christian wife, mm -hmm. are now being faced with, with the question of whether or not they should submit to this. Right. And they're, they're being put in an untenable situation that, that causes all sorts of stress because one way or the other, we're wrong. And that gets into a whole different can of worms. But this is this has real life implications for Christian women because it is so pervasive. Sixty five percent of um, Christians, church going Christians, say that they watch porn on a monthly basis. So you're going to meet the guy that, you, you know, the guy you meet at church is possibly going to be in this. The probability is high. Yeah. And we need to know how to deal with this. And and again, you, you dealt with it in your marriage. My guest, mm -hmm. who is going to be a future uh, Raven Creek alum, you know, yes. jo uh, I'm doing it with Josh Sherman, who is a brilliant thinker. He is a great theologian. He has really great perspectives on the Bible. And he's going to be doing a podcast soon, which we'll talk about in the episode. Yay. We, yeah, we struggle with pornography, which is a big reason why I wanted mm -hmm. to do this. We, I hate porn. I hate the industry. I think it's damaging and I think it's toxic and I don't want anyone to watch it. Yet this thing that I hate has a hook in me. It, mm -hmm. it pulls me towards it. So even though I don't, I know that the damage that it does, I still struggle with it. Yes. And, well, it's addictive. And it, yeah, I mean, exactly. And a lot of people, uh, you know, this is not about the expression of healthy sexuality, despite what we've been told by media, what we've been told by people who want us to embrace our sexuality. Uh, this is not the healthy way to do it. And so when we live in a culture where we're told this is right, this is proper, this is normal, mm -hmm. then there is this tendency to experiment with it. But unfortunately, it's a lot like experimenting with meth. Yeah. And, you know, even as someone who was an unwilling participant in my husband's addiction and as a woman, which, by the way, women addicts to porn, are, the numbers are on the rise. I still have those images in my brain. Mm -hmm. And we're talking 20 years later. 
So it it gets in there. And I don't think, you know, we can't fault someone for struggling with this. Right. We have to fault people who want to normalize it. Exactly. And and I wanted to talk about this in the sense that this isn't us telling you you should be you should hate yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should you know, this is disgusting and you should you know, how dare you that we're talking about this in an empathetic way that this is something that we as Christians struggle with. And this mm-hmm. is something that we suffer with. And this, ha- and we're, we want to show you that this isn't just a sin, that that's the only reason you shouldn't do it. We right. want to show you the other side of it as well. It also damages the people who are doing it, the porn actresses, the women who go to this thinking that they're going to you know, become stars and make a lot of money and how it physically affects their body, how it mm-hmm. negatively affects their relationship, and how it damages their psyche because in literally there's a scene where an act where the male actor says they ask him how long women last and he says realistically the the majority you know and he literally says this if they if they figure out the game they only last three months if which means Mm. that if they figure out what we're doing to them then they'll leave right away if they yeah. don't figure it out, they last about six months. Best case scenario, they last a year, but they don't last longer than that. So yes. there's, and then there's some consequences. There's this, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Consequences beyond that. And, and besides just what's happening in the year, this is something they're going to live with the rest of their lives. Right. And this is something that they're going to worry about their son or their daughter finding it when they're old enough to look on the internet. Mm-hmm. And so this, this whole scenario just snowballs into just it's deadly right and and not just physically deadly and it can be physically deadly make no mistake about that but Mm -hmm. spiritually and emotionally it's deadly to families and communities the the consequences are so vast and we're just now starting to get a hold of it as a society right and (laughs) so so there's a lot of mixed voices out there because we are still just learning about this because of it's just recently exploded to the point that it is Right. So there you go. Uh, let's talk about the movie now more uh, as far as the actual film itself. Um, it is available on Netflix. And I want to give you a big warning on this. We're going to be talking about this, frankly, in a very... We're going to be actually discussing what happens. If you want to watch the movie, it's on Netflix. But I'm warning you right now, it is graphic. And mm-hmm. they don't... There's very little nudity in it because it's not it's not a movie that's trying to glorify porn. It, there's a bit of nudity as far as pictures because they talk about how these women promote themselves on Twitter and Twitter doesn't really scan for nudity. They allow nudity. Yes. So they show images from Twitter. It it doesn't and and let me just say that it, if you want to see the movie, it is rough. It is mm-hmm. a rough it is. watch. Because they talk about the scenes, frankly. If you struggle with porn, then you're not going to find anything new. So it's not going to be that shocking to you because the things that they talk about are kind of typical in porn. So maybe you'll you'll be okay with it. It starts off the movie showing you the... It kind of glorifies it. It shows you, hey, this is awesome. And it basically... There's a montage at the beginning that 
some of our view, some of our listeners might struggle with, because it shows the pornification of the mainstream, how porn is seeping into movies, into commercials, and into music videos. And so that might mm-hmm. be a little kind of tough to watch if you struggle with porn. And it shows how women are having a lot of fun doing this at the beginning. But it does mm-hmm. this in order to show the, the, the how it really destroys the actresses. It has to show you the good part, the good thing at the beginning in order to show how it exactly how it negatively affects them. And so it starts off looking cool and then it really starts hurting them. And by the end, you're going to be really, really horrified, which is the point. There are. Yeah. So again, we're going to be talking about this, frankly, um, I'm sorry for the language. We, they don't show anything terrible, except at the end, it borderlines on rape, which they talk about, because they say that I felt like I was raped, except that they're giving me money, so I can't call it rape. That's mm-hmm. how it. That's how it ends up, and that's again we say that this is typical. This is the mainstream of porn now, so. And what's so disturbing about that is in any other walk of life, if a boss, if a superior in a, or you know, an authority figure of any kind would coerce a person into a sexual act, there are laws in place to protect this person. Mm-hmm. And so because someone made a decision not knowing what they were getting into and then are coerced into going further than they intended to, there's nothing these girls have can do for any kind of recourse or recom- uh, you know, recompense on their part. So it's, it's just really, uh, yeah. it, it's terrible. And again, we, and we want to kind of, it gets, it doesn't get political because we don't make it political, but we talk about how ca- this is how capitalism works. Basically the thing that makes the most money is what people generally, the products get, you know, if this works, then we do that more, which is the good right. part of capitalism. But in pornography, it works the same way. If this makes mm-hmm. the most money, then that's what we're going to do more, which unfortunately, if, uh, you know, it would be great, and I'm not saying that porn is great in any sense, but what we would want is that unfortunately, if this is going to exist, we would want it to be the, the healthier and better version of it. But unfortunately, the thing that makes the most money is the most damaging. And that's what gets made most. Yeah. And, And, And unfortunately, with the access to technology that we all have, like you said, it's in our pocket, it's on our phones. Uh there's not really a way to regulate that at this point. Yeah. And there's not, there's not going to be going forward into the future. Right. And so we as Christians have to decide where are we going to make a stand? Exactly. It can't, it can't be just, Oh, well that happens out there. Cause no, it's going to happen in your home. If, you, if it's more than you in your house, it's going to happen at some point in your home. Right. And so again, as Christians, I want to say that a lot of people, because there's a lot of politics happening we, a lot of Christians are becoming more libertarian, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Because again, there's if you're a libertarian, then good, that's fine. Because we right. have, but we tend to take it to the point where we say that, well, if you get into it, then it's your own fault. You have your own, how would I say, 
you know, you kind of have your own responsibility to take care of yourself because we have that freedom and liberty to do that. And yeah, great. But that also comes with a warning that it can be a little, it, it becomes difficult to practice good judgment. Yeah. Well, and then we can bring in the theological side. I mean, the first question that, that Cain asked God, am I my brother's keeper? Right. And we know that was the wrong thing to ask. And, and I think we need to be asking that in relationship to porn. Mm-hmm. Are, are we our brothers and sisters keeper in this matter? Right. And, you know, I, I have so many ideas. I mean, as far as, you know, we, we do need to be taking care of people well, educating them well about sexual issues, about pornography, about their bodies, basic biology. And but then we need to be caring for people who's come out of this industry because the church is going to be flooded with people who have had experience in this in this business. Mm -hmm. And if we are not capable of ministering to them, can we fulfill that role of being our brother's keeper? Right. And so we can't afford to stay ignorant about what's going on within this industry. Right. So we have to practice empathy and understanding because, again, we can say that, well, you can say no and you can say stop whenever you want. That's the logical conclusion that we come to. But like I said, when you're in it, when you're like, that's the thing is that that's how coercion happens is that you Mm -hmm. say you agreed to do this and we're paying Mm -hmm. you. So you, so the person we're doing this to can't say no. They find it very difficult to stop, which is how people get coerced into this. And the Mm -hmm. industry knows this and they make women do things they can't do. They don't want to do. It hurts them to do because they're convinced Mm -hmm. that, well, if I say no now, then I'm going to cost people money. I agree to do this. So I'm not allowed to say no. And Mm -hmm. so as Christians, especially Christians who are libertarian, who believe in responsibility, which is fine. Again, we're not attacking that idea. We're just saying that like the Bible tells us with anything, we need to be careful how far we take that and how far we blame the people who participate in this because they can't make the right decision all the time. And if we want to take care of each other, we have to Mm -hmm. understand that sometimes that coercion is incredibly strong and it hurts people. And we can use that to manipulate people. So, yes. again, empathy. And it's about forgiveness. Yeah, and, and forgiveness and grace and recognizing that any of the sins that us, quote-unquote, good church-going Christians commit are no better than anything anybody else might do. Exactly. And we cannot afford to be smug. And, you know, if Jesus ate with tax collectors and prostitutes, who are we to think we should do better? Yeah. So, <laughs> so again— I, we, we do our best, uh, again, going back to the movie, it's available on Netflix. If you think you can handle it, then please, I would encourage people to watch it because it really shows, it, this isn't an anti-porn thing. This is about what porn really is, mm-hmm. which is, un- mm-hmm. which makes it anti-porn, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And so there you go. So, Isn't that the truth of all sin? Once we find out what it's really about. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And so. you know, I think one of the things that we make the mistake of as Christians is putting sexual sin on some kind of higher gradient. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not. And we need to be ministering to the hurts of the people who have had sex used against them. 
mm-hmm. whether they've been in the industry or the, the industry has um, influenced people in their lives to use sex against them. It, we, we need to be willing to step out and, and help people in this area and not think that we're better than anyone. And right. I don't think I can say that enough. <laughs> right. Because I, I've, I've seen it too often in the churches where this is this is like the one thing I think you say at the beginning of the the um, of the podcast, you know, Jesus can forgive anything except for sexual sin. Right. So. so that's yeah. So there you go. If you can watch the movie, then go ahead. But this comes with a big warning because it gets mm-hmm. really graphic. If you can't watch the movie, then that's fine. It right. You know, if you can't. You know, and again, that goes for the listening audience also. If you, we, we like people to listen, but if you can't, then that's fine. We're we're not going to, we're not going to be disappointed if you can't, but if you, this is a very frank and open discussion about what happens in porn. I I think, I feel like a lot of our shows have been going down this route of, if you can listen, listen. If you can't, don't. We are like the most anti-podcast podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we're we not doing this for the numbers. You know, if we had really low numbers, then that's fine. Because we need to talk about this stuff. So, you know, again, this this is a teaching thing. We're trying to teach what happens. And, right. And in order to really deal with this, and for, like, you know, I've talked about this before. At camp... I got in trouble for talking to my kids about alcohol and because a lot of people think that the best way to prevent, you know, people from drinking is let's not talk about it at all. (laughs) So uh, that that can't, you know, there is a danger in talking about stuff and it can attract people to it, but we, that's why we need to be careful, but we also can't ignore it. And I I don't want to be like, overly self-promoting, but, um, I do run a group just for women on Facebook. So if any women who hear the podcast want to, want to join in a discussion about this, a frank, open discussion Mm -hmm. online, uh, look for us. It's called scandalous. My name's Emily Dixon. Again, we would be happy to have you. And, you know, we, we are a no holds barred kind of group. So, um, you know, just to provide a safe place for that discussion to happen. Right. So, so again, like everything else, you know, we 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 um we we ask for discernment. If you yes. can watch it, then yes. But if you struggle with it, then maybe avoid it. If you if this is going to kind of trigger something, if it's going to affect you negatively, then maybe skip this episode. But if we really want to discuss this and we really want to talk about it then we encourage a listen at least. Right. So there you go. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm telling you, Josh, uh, and we didn't talk about the, the guest enough. Joshua Sh- uh, Sherman, he's great. He, <laughs> he asks great questions in the paddle store. He yes. has, an, he is really, really offers a lot to this episode. And I, I thank him so much for being a part of this. So there you go. Uh, Josh Sherman. Uh, Go ahead. I want to say, as, as a woman who who's lived through some of the horrors this causes, I, I appreciate the fact that there are men willing to speak up and be honest. Because mm-hmm. for so long, it was just women griping about the porn industry. <laughs> right. And so, to have men who are willing to say, "No, this has impacted me, and it hasn't been good," mm-hmm. it is huge. 
And so the fact that you and Joshua are willing to 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 step up and, and be honest about y'all's own um, struggles in this area, I, it, it, this is the kind of stuff that makes a difference. Yeah. And so I really do. I, I appreciate that. And I applaud both of you for for doing that. So, yeah, well, you know, I, I felt the need to do this, especially what drove me to do this is because Pornhub had to take out, uh, take down uh, probably the majority of their videos because they can't regulate what they're doing, which is kind of by design. They knew mm -hmm. that they had illegal stuff on there and they tried to get away with it, but they did it for as long as they could. They profited right. off of rape. They profited mm -hmm. off of underage, you know, sex. Mm -hmm. They knew they were doing it. And finally, they were able, we were able to stop them from doing it. And until we do our a, best jo a better job of helping ourselves and each other, it's, people mm -hmm. are going to take advantage of that. Absolutely. And that's why conversations like this are so important. Because we need to be speaking out and exposing what's going on in this industry and in the lives of people who have been impacted by it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we can't expect non-Christians to follow our rules. And we can't be mad at them for not. But at the same time, there's, there's damage that happens. And we need to tell them about it. Mm -hmm. Without judgment, without without being angry with them, you know, mm -hmm. because then they'll yeah. go away. They won't listen. Right. But you, are you suggesting that we actually follow the example that Christ set out in his ministry? I, I say, let's give it a shot. <laughs> let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens if we try to relate to people. <laughs> well, that's one of the great things about, about this, this podcast. And I'm not just doing that to give myself a pat on the back, but you know, the, the fact that, I get to be a part of it and to have these kind of conversations. This, these are the things that shape our society, whether mm -hmm. we want to admit it or not, what, whatever media is out there, whether it's movies, whether it's pornography, music, whatever, that's what's shaping our society. Mm -hmm. And this is why we have to be engaged. Right. Again, pop culture, let's engage it in order to discuss it and relate to people. So there you go. Exactly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's going to be a rough well, one, but it's important. I keep saying that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. So thank you guys for listening. <laughs> I feel tired. Take... I feel exhausted because <laughs> this is, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard to talk about. It, well, and it, it, it's a hard topic uh, to to research and to um, delve into. I know when Nathan and I covered uh, the last part of Judges, the, the graphic mm, yeah. uh, rape and murder of the concubine, uh, both of us came away from those podcasts feeling like we've been beaten. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if if that's the response that looking at a topic brings that tells you that it's important. Yep. And, you know, Christianity is not supposed to be easy. It, it, it cost us and that's OK. And so being tired, I think, is an appropriate response. And, and I'm <laughs> I think it's uh, it's a healthy response to having to look at, you know, something that is frankly evil. Yeah. So, so again, we were careful in how we spoke. I'm really proud of the episode. 
if we we do our best to make sure that it's listenable and i think we did a good job <clears throat> so i can't wait to hear what yeah. y'all have to say <laughs> yeah i it's it's going to be a great episode <laughs> and i i know uh given the two of you and the way josh's mind works it's going to be fabulous yeah and i i think that um I know I'm going to be promoting it and giving it to, out to a lot of women, the links to make sure that they hear what y'all have to say, because right. I know it's going to change some perce perceptions. Yeah, we appreciate that. And again, if you want to share this with people, this is probably a good starting point for people who need it. Mm -hmm. You know, so they, so that's why we did it. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe people need well, to hear where... this. So there you go. Where, where can we find uh, commentary and uh, links and fun stuff on the internet, Joe? All right. You can find us at ravencreeksc.com slash thecommentarians. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thecommentarians. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash commentarians. On Instagram, uh, instagram.com slash commentarians. And uh, that's about all. That's I think that's so it. Got the commentarians tied up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We finally got those, you know, those names. So, so good for us. <laughs> look, look for Joe Zaragoza. Look for the commentarians. And mm -hmm. if you can't watch the movie this month, uh, go back and hit up something in our archives because we've got other movies to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much. We'll see you at the movies. We'll talk over your movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> You've been listening to The Commentarians Podcast, a Raven Creek Social Club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecommentarians. Thank you for listening, and until next time, remember, movies are a reflection of our lives and of other people's lives, and we get to experience them together. Come back to the movies with us. We love sharing them with you.